Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 32. Looking at verses 6 through 9, the Bible says, And Moses said to the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war while you sit here? Now why will you discourage the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord has given to them? Thus your fathers did when I sent them away from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. But when they went up to the valley of Eshcol and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel, so that they did not go into the land which the Lord had given them. Our lesson this morning covers this idea that I was considering uh, while we were, actually while we were gone on vacation, looking at the idea of what it means to become numb. You know, we think about that idea of, of, of growing numb and the dangers of growing numb. That's what I, show, what I want to look at this morning, are the dangers of growing numb. If you were to look it up in the dictionary, there are several different definitions, but one was unable to feel anything in particular part of your body, especially as a result of cold or, or anesthesia. Unable to think, feel, or react normally because of something that shocks or upsets you. You know, I've gone to the dentist here recently more than I have in a long time, more than I really care to, nothing against dentists, but I don't know anyone who'd say, I love going to the dentist, because we usually don't, right? Just like we don't like going to doctors normally, because it may result in other things we have to take care of. But you think about those types of things and how sometimes it involves things being done where you are numb in different places, you know, your mouth or whatever it may be, and you lose that sensation, you lose that feeling. Remember, I was numbed up to the point when I went to this last time, I didn't realize my mouth was still partially open as I was sitting there. You see, you know, I'm going to leave and come back and let everything, you know, get it, let it fully come into effect. And I was fully numb. Now, I wasn't loopy, but I was fully numb. I couldn't feel anything. Um, if you think about what that means in a spiritual sense, being numb spiritually means you feel nothing for anyone or for anything. Now you look there, going back to Numbers chapter 32, looking at verse 6, that seems to be the case there, at least in part. They felt no real concern. You look at that question, shall your brethren go to war while you sit? You think about that, shall... Who go to war? Your brethren. Those who are like you, right? Now, we think about that today for the sake of what we're talking about this morning. We think about what it means to go to war, so to speak. The Bible tells us numerous times that we are at war in the spiritual battles against evil, against the temptations of sin, against the wiles of the devil. And we can't be those who are so numb we sit back and we say, let someone else go to war. I'll sit here. In Numbers 32 and verse 6, that is a, not a thing that is spoken of as being a good thing. It's negative. We look there again in Numbers 32. He goes on to say, Now why will you discourage the heart of the children of Israel from going over to the land that the Lord has given them? He's saying that their actions were discouraging to others. Now, I'm sure we all at times have been guilty of doing things or not doing things, and as a result, it discourages not only ourselves, but others around us as well. 
And we want to make sure that we do our very best to be able to recognize that in ourselves and to solve that problem. We think about the dangers of growing numb. We want to think about this first idea here, growing numb to the church. Growing numb to the church. I think about it this way. Man grows numb to the church, first of all, by growing numb to assembling with the church. You know, one of the songs, I think it's Shelley's, one of Shelley's favorite songs, is The Family of God. And I've been doing, one of the podcasts I'm doing is, is about that. And the Bible reveals numerous, in numerous ways how, the, how us today as a church are a part of the family of God. We refer to numerous times as brothers and sisters in Christ. God being referenced as the Father, Christ being referenced as the Son. It sounds like a family, doesn't it? Now think about this for a second. Are you really part of the church family if you never gather with the family? Think about that for a second. Are you part of the family if you're never with the family? You know, there are those we recognize in a physical sense who, you know, we, we only see at certain times of the year because of distance, right? Sometimes family physically lives in different locations. But the church, family we're talking about today, are commanded, as we find also revealed in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, as we'll talk about in a moment, are to get it together often with the purpose of encouraging one another. Man grows numb to the church when man forgets that the church is commanded to come together. The church is a family, but it's impossibly a part of the family when you do not get together or gather with the family. Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25. And let's consider one another, which means it's more than just us. It's not about me, myself, and I. It's about you and I. The family, together. He says in verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. You know, there will some who will read this and say, well, that's not what he's talking about. Really? Because he just said it. If you, if you are commanded and you do not do something, you are commanded, you are forsaking God's law, but you are commanded to get it together. He said there are some who are forsaking that, implying that what is a command to worship with the saints, together with the saints. You know, I have grown to have a love and a hate relationship with live streaming because it makes a lot of people way too comfortable with staying home. You know, the purpose of us streaming things like we do today, like we do every week, is for when we're sick and we're not able to get out and we don't want to risk giving something to someone else, we can stay home and have that sense, because it's not the same, the sense of being able to be with the family by hearing Bible lessons and be encouraged. We can hear those things. We can even sing along if we so choose to do so until we are able to come back together. You know, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, that's what he's talking about, right? Let's consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. We want to encourage one another. He says, not forsaking the assembling ourselves together. Now notice this, as is the manner of some, which tells us there are some who are living during this time period who are having that same problem about coming together because they have grown numb to it. 
He says, but exhorting one another, which means exhorting literally is the idea of building up. And so you're building up, you're encouraging one another. He says, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The day there is capitalized. Some believe it to be a reference to the Lord, to the judgment day. Would you want to be prepared for that day? Absolutely. Or it could be some say, well, it's a reference to the Lord's day. Well, don't you want to be prepared for the Lord's day too? Is the first day of the week still the best day of the week? You know, for some today, I think, they come to the first day of the week and look at it as if it's a burden. We shouldn't look at it that way. We look at the first day of the week, the Lord's Day, Sunday, as being a burden. Friends, our heart is not right with God. The problem isn't with the Bible. The problem isn't with the, who may be preaching or teaching that day. The problem is with us. We cannot allow ourselves to go numb to gathering with the saints. Part of growing numb to the church is not just growing numb to assembling with the church. It also means growing numb to the brethren. Disregarding others, their concerns, their needs, and so on is a sign of being numb to others. If you look at Luke chapter 10, we know this as the occasion where Christ talks about the good Samaritan. Remember this. The Bible says here in Luke 10, verse 30 through 32, Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, I specifically wanted to use Luke here because he goes into a little more detail sometimes in other gospel accounts. He points out here in verse 30, 30, they left him half dead, this certain man. You know why, at least in my opinion, why this is a certain man? Because it doesn't matter who it was. It doesn't. It doesn't matter where he's from, what color his skin may be, what language he spoke, none of that matters. Thus a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. He was mugged, basically we would say, beaten, and left half dead. What would happen if you were left half dead and no one does anything to help you? Would you become fully dead? Half dead, it seems to imply that you were unable to do anything really to help yourself. Look at verse 31. Now, by chance, <laughs> by chance, right? A certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And commentators have gone on and on about why this person did this, your possibilities why he did this. Friends, it all boils down to he didn't care enough. He was numb to it. I'm not helping that certain man for this reason or that. Why? Because they have grown numb, and they were what? It wasn't a concern for them. Verse 32, Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at that place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. He actually goes and goes across the street to walk away to avoid that half-dead, beaten and mugged person. And we know in verse 33, following that a certain Samaritan found him, Banished him, took him to an inn, and, to, and left him there to be healed up. Anything that would be charged to him, to send it to him, he would cover the bill, right? We realize first there were two people who were numb to that individual who's left half dead. Now, there are certain things that I'm unskilled with, and today we live in a world that really causes us to have less and less excuses. Though we find 
more and more reasons for people to do sometimes to not do certain things. But you know, the Samaritan could have called 911. He had to handle that man himself. He couldn't call in an ambulance. No, he had bandaged him, bandaged that person up himself, take him in, and see to it that he was cared for, and putting whatever charge on his account, right? Today, if we find someone who's like this, we call the ambulance, we hold them, and we try to help them and console them in some way until a qualified, I would say, person arrives. Would you say that means that we have less reason than anybody else today to be numb to others? We don't have to bend this person and carry him to the hospital. We can call someone to do it. We don't want to be those who are numb to others. We look at Luke here again, 10 through 30-32. It's an example of what it means for some to grow numb. Now this person, is a, this literally is a, a story or an illustration given by Christ here. But can't this happen to us today when people come and they ask for prayers and we kind of just blow it off? Yeah. We know, I mean, our announcement sheet, and there's a reason we'll have an extended prayer list because there's a lot of people on there, right? You only fit so many people on the page. It doesn't mean we grow numb to it. We pray for those individuals. Those who've been on there for a while, those who've been recently added to it, we pray for them because we realize that, one, it's what God wants us to do. Two, God answers prayer. And three, wouldn't you want people to pray for you? I want people to pray for me, especially when things are not going well. We cannot be those who grow numb to one another, who grow numb to the brethren. Another thing for us to consider is not just growing numb to the church, but growing numb to God. You know, those two things really aren't, you know, separated by a whole lot. When you're numb to the church, you are already growing numb to God. Numb to the Bible. When Bible truth goes in one ear and out the other, you have grown numb to the power of God's Word. When we hear it and we say, eh, whatever. I remember one brother, I can't remember who, who it was now because it's been so long. Uh, well, actually now I do. They had a gospel meeting or lectureship at his congregation where he was attending. He's not there anymore. And he's, you know, he was talking to the brethren about it. And how encouraging it was and how they wanted to start playing for next year. And one man said, well, it wasn't anything I haven't heard before. You know what he said? You heard it plenty of times before, but did he actually listen? Because hearing and listening are two different things, aren't they? As husbands, sometimes we hear, we don't always listen, but we hear. Right? As Christians, we may hear a sermon or a Bible class and hear that same topic numerous times, but how many times have you actually listened to it? You know, Brother Chuck, teaching this morning from the book of James, many of us have heard from James many times before, but when we listen, we learn something new each and every time, don't we? We are encouraged by it. We can't grow numb to the Bible, because when we do, we stop growing, and as a Christian, we stop growing, we start dying, spiritually speaking. In Ezekiel 3 and verse 7, and the Bible says, The house of Israel will not listen to you, because they will not listen to me. For all the house of Israel are, in, are impudent and hard-hearted. Hard-hearted. You know why the word, the phrase there, hard-hearted, and the phrase tender-hearted are used in the Bible? 
Because hard-hearted means you can't listen to anything. You're not willing to hear it. It's like you're throwing a rock and it bounces off the wall and it doesn't do anything. But if you take a rock and you throw it into a mound of dirt that's soft, it's going to probably stick right in that dirt, right? That's how our heart should be. Then we hear God's Word, it hits our heart, and we don't allow it to simply bounce off. We listen and we grow from it. Because when we grow numb to the Word of God, friends, we're going to start dying very quickly in a spiritual sense. We'll become weaker in faith, weaker in knowledge, and before we know it, because we don't ever listen to Bible lessons anymore, we start treating people poorly, we start treating them badly, we start ignoring people, and what happens? We start allowing our numbness to God's Word affect others. Because you're numb to God's Word, you start growing numb to other things as well. Numb to the Bible and numb to God, you might say, in general. When you do not think about God, isn't it true that you do not love God? It's hard to say to people you love them when you don't ever really think about them. You know, tell your spouse you love them, and it should also include the idea that you think about them, not just when they're sitting next to you, but you think about it other times, right? You tell your children you love them, when you're sinning, it means we think about them, we care for them, we love them, we, we worry about them, they're on our mind. When we love God, it means that we also think about Him as well. We think about Him every day of our lives. We think about, are we doing what is good and pleasing in His sight? We think about, would God be pleased with what I'm doing now? Am I, what I'm doing now, is it okay in the sight of God? Or is or my actions now something that would displease God? Something that would cause me to miss heaven, as we'll talk about this evening. When you do not love God, you have grown numb to Him. So when you think about God, when you do not think about God, you do not love Him. And when you do not love God, you have grown numb to Him, which means you don't care anything about Him. He's on any of your thoughts. He's the last person on your mind. Now think about this today. Are there those, even of our own congregation, who are guilty, if we're not careful, even ourselves as well, at least at times, not having God in our thoughts, not considering what He wants from us? Those who are numb to God do not have God anywhere on their radar, and as a result, they have chosen to miss heaven. You know, everything has consequences, doesn't it? You don't love God, well, what's going to happen? Well, God's not going to bless you, right? Why would God bless those who do not love Him? Why would God want you to be in heaven with Him if you don't love Him, you never think about Him? Why would He want you there? Do you want people around you who don't think about you, don't, don't care about you, don't love you? Do you want those people around you all the time? No. It's not a very welcoming idea. It's not very comforting. And so when we do not think about God, we don't love Him, when we don't love Him, we grow numb to Him. When we are numb to God, God is nowhere on our radar, thus we're going to miss heaven. We have chosen to miss it. Everything we do, whether we realize it or not, is a choice. There are those who are not here today because of sickness. And there are those who are not here today because they have chosen not to be here. You know the first person who's aware of that is not necessarily us, but it's God. 
the moment their mind has made up, I'm not going to be there today because I just don't want to be there. And they maybe make excuses in their own mind. The first person who knows it is God. But for they ever send a text, post whatever on social media, make a call, God already knows. And what's more important is He already knows the real reason why. It's not just the choice. It's the motivation behind it. God knows all those things. The Bible tells us, you know, Christ tells us that God knows that even the numbers of our here are numbered. The psalmist bears out that the Lord looks down from heaven upon the sons of men, says, any who do good, who seek God. I mean, He knows everything we do. The Bible also reminds us that everything is open and naked before God, meaning God sees everything we do. Some lessons for us today. Numbness is displeasing to God. When we start losing our feeling, that I'm not talking about being emotional, but when we stop caring about things, that's when we grow numb. The uncaring heart is going to become numb to sin. The uncaring heart will be will begin uh, will result in, in the uncaring heart of, of being numb results in sin. Being numb results in sin. This sin from being spiritually numb results in separation from a God. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2, right? Sin separates us from God. Being numb will eventually cause us, well, well is sin. If it's not taken care of, it will cause us to be separated from God. What's the last place you want to find yourself on the day of judgment? Separated from God. You know, the day of judgment is a day of policy of judgment. It's also a day of realizations. Realizing on that day either you are greatly prepared, you've done all you can to be prepared, and there you stand before Christ. Or you find yourself realizing this is going to be a very bad day. The worst in the existence for any man is to stand there before Christ unprepared. Realizing you have grown numb so many years ago and you didn't come out of it. The sin from being spiritually numb results in separation from God. But thankfully, you know, numbness can be cured. As you go back to Ezekiel 3 and looking at verse 10, he said, Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, receive into your heart all my words that I speak to you and hear with your ears. How is numbness cured? By hearing God's word. Listening to it. You go back to Ezekiel 3, verse 7. He talks about those there would not listen. But here in verse 10, he tells this son of man of his, this servant of God, to receive into his heart all my words that I speak to you and hear with your ears. Means don't just receive it and acknowledge it, but listen to it. Speak all the words that I speak to you and hear with your ears. We can have a tender a heart tender enough to hear. We can have a heart that's tender enough to hear, but none of this cannot be cured for those with an unwilling heart. We want to remain numb to God, the church, to the Bible, to brethren. You will. If you want to stay in numbness and ignore everything and put your head in the sand, pretend everything's going to be okay, you can. God allows us that freedom of choice. But friends, it doesn't mean that we get to go to heaven. 
You ever thought about how many saints are made at funerals? How many unbelievers become saints during the sermon of some so-called pastor? How there's no bad person at a funeral? Is that really true? No, it's not. Instead, what we find is false comfort being given to those who have lost someone they cared about. What's the better thing to do? We don't sit there and say, well, that person is going to be separated from God. We can say, you know what? If he can speak today, what will he tell you? Prepare yourself. Isn't that true? Because the unprepared heart is going to be in torments. So what would they say to you today? Be prepared. You know, don't come where I am. One of the lessons you learned from the rich man Lazarus is, I don't want to be here. Go and warn my brothers. But it was too late, right? They had all the evidence they need, all the speakers they could possibly imagine. Let them hear him, right? Numbness can be cured for those with a willing heart. But friends, we want to stay numb. You perfectly can. Numbness shows your lack of concern about all things church-related. When we say church-related, we mean it shows you do not care not only about the church, that is the brethren, but it shows you don't care about God because you can't say you care about God but then still don't care about the church, right? But those who say, well, give me Christ, but, don't, you know, don't, but I don't want the church. Well, you don't know Christ very well, do you? He built the church. You want anything to do with it? You obviously want nothing to do with Christ. So what are we really asking for? Well, just give me the easy parts. Even that's debatable for people, isn't it? What's the easy part? Oh, I believe, well, that's a whole other story, but they don't want the truth, they don't want the church. Being dumb to the church means you don't want anything to do with God, with Christ, the brethren, any of those things which are part of the spiritual blessings that we find in Christ. Ephesians chapter 3, right? All those, Ephesians chapter 1, all those things that are part of being part, part of the blessings of Christ are as a result of being in Christ. Then we have those today who are just mind, their mind is just blown that they're struggling in this life. That they can't find happiness. They can't find contentment. They can't find what they are looking for. Because they're not looking in the right place. The church is the answer to all of our problems. Amen. Because within the church is salvation, right? The saved are placed into the body of Christ, Acts 2, verse 47. The Lord adds to the church that they be those who are being saved. And so the church is our is where salvation is located, is where salvation is found. And so as we think about this this morning, we have to ask ourselves the question, are you numb? How are you feeling today? Do you con- are you concerned about your brethren? Are you concerned about the church? Are you concerned about God, about His Son? Are you concerned about going to heaven? You know, we hear a lot of questions from people today sometimes asking, you know, how, what, what must I do to be saved? Or how can I go to heaven? You know, the Bible answer has been the same for thousands of years, hasn't it? It hasn't changed. You want to go to heaven? You obey the gospel. You put on Christ in baptism. You rise up in the newness of life, Romans chapter 6, right? That's how we have heaven as our home. And as a result of all those things, we should never grow numb. 
You know, when the Christian grows numb, it's one of the most disappointing things we could ever see. Because it implies and shows very clearly that we don't care about things anymore. Friends, when we don't care about the church, we don't care about God, we really expect, honestly, to have heaven as our home. You know, there are some today who believe that because they've attended somewhere for years and years and years, they've had their picture up someplace, their name is on is in the directory, they expect heaven to be there waiting for them as they deserve it. You know, that's not the case. There are those who have their name in directories who are not going to go to heaven. We don't expect heaven to be given to us because we have earned it. We receive heaven as a part of the blessings that are coming from Christ as a result of our continual obedience to God and His Word. We don't expect heaven. It's a blessing from God that we receive as a part of our faithfulness to Him. This morning, as you think about these things, think about what it means to be numb. We want to make sure that we are spiritually numb, that we solve that problem today. We don't have to wait till the new year or to you know, a new day. We can start right now. We need to ask for prayers, for encouragement. We're glad to do so. If you need to repent of your sins, you can do that as well. You don't have to come forward and confess to me the things you have done. You can go before God. Let him know in prayer that you have done these things. You want to change your heart. You can make that decision today. But if we wait, if you wait, you may find yourself on the day of judgment, not only numb to all the things that have happened, but also separated from God. Friends, listen up. Allow that to happen to us. This morning, we encourage you, be glad to do so. We're glad to pray for you if that's what you desire. As we'll be standing and seeing the song that's been selected.